All right, all right, everyone, take your seats. Today we're talking about stumbling blocks, so please take your seats, everyone. Thank you. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast, a show for people who are ready to stop giving up on their behavior change goals at the first sign of trouble. So if you want to navigate stumbles with calm, grace, and integrity, this show is for you. My name is Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagel. And today we're talking about how to turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And you'll probably recognize this as something of a recurring theme on this podcast, how failure can actually fuel our success, but only if we embrace stumbles as a necessary and even a valuable part of the process. Now, you may recall from our episode on frustration, that was just a few episodes ago, that we differentiated frustration from failure like this. Failure is the point in your adventure when you have gathered enough evidence that this is not the best direction for you, that you actually decide to take a different path. And frustration happens along the way to that point, or along the way to the point where you decide that it is the correct direction for you, or the correct tactic for you. Now, said another way, you will likely experience frustration on the path to a failure or on the path to a success. It's just part of the journey. And you know what? The same can be said for stumbling blocks. You know, I have to tell you, Brock, that when you said that in that episode, that frustration is going to happen on the path to failure or the path to success, that really struck me. It really changes how I respond when I feel that all too familiar sense of frustration kind of building up when you just feel like your head's going to blow off. (laughs) But when I recognize that yeah, this is frustration. It's going to be here either way. Mm-hmm. It it really does change my relationship to that feeling from, oh, no, something's gone wrong here to, oh, here it is. Okay, next. Yeah, and here's a little stumbling block. <laughs> right. And, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of remembering that our goals are not the same as our objectives. Oh, yeah. And that's now reaching way back into the back catalog. It was one of the very first things that we talked about. But think about it this way. If your goal is to work out three times a week and you don't do that, then you feel like you failed. Mm. And you may indeed have failed to reach that goal. But if your objective is actually to be someone who is active and fit, then even that failure can be a stepping stone towards reaching that larger objective. Right. Because in order to reach our objective, we're going to have to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, maybe going to the gym three times a week just isn't going to work. But commuting to work by bike three times a week, maybe that will work. So that stumbling block of not getting to the gym for that third time that week actually is just a way to clarify what is going to work Mm -hmm. in your life and what isn't. Yeah. I love that. Sooner the better. Absolutely. And while we were preparing for this episode, I actually came across author and speaker Rachel Bohm. I think that's how you say her name. And this is what she has to say about stumbles. She says, aim for recovery, not perfection. Perfection cannot be your goal. You set yourself up for failure if you're aiming for perfection, since nothing and no one is perfect. And then she goes on to say, not to mention no one even wants to be perfect because perfect people are creepy. (laughs) 
which is pretty funny. But then she finishes off by saying, instead, make it your goal to course correct as quickly as possible and as frequently as is necessary. Mm-hmm. And I really like the end part of that that quote, the idea that frequency is part of this equation, because it doesn't matter how many times we stumble. Your frequency of stumbling is more likely to reflect how ingrained an old behavior is than it is about your ability to make that change. You know, this is reminding me of a conversation that I had earlier this summer with a friend who's a really good tennis player, and we were watching Mm -hmm. Wimbledon together. And she pointed out something that I would never have noticed if she hadn't pointed it out. It had to do with how Novak Djokovic falls. Mm. I mean, take a look at it sometime. It is like ballet. And she pointed out that he has clearly spent some significant part of his training practicing falling so that if he does fall, because it happens, you know, the cord is slippery or whatever. If he does fall, he's not going to injure himself. And I thought that was a really interesting observation, but also a really nice metaphor for what we're talking about today. I like the there's a term called styling your way out of a fall <laughs> that <laughs> is something that we use in athletics and also in uh, in dance. And that's exactly what he's doing is just styling his way out of having a really nasty fall. Yeah, but it's not just about looking good, though. It's it's really yes. injury prevention, right? Like a poorly executed fall could take you out of a match. But yeah. But you don't just, you can't just think about it. You have to practice it over and over and over again. Yes, unfortunately, you do. (laughs) That requires a lot of falling. I remember I was teaching cyclists how to fall correctly. You want to keep your arms in and your knees in when you're falling over on your bike because you've got these fleshy bits that you can fall on your shoulders and your your glutes to be specific. But uh, yeah, it does take a lot of practice to not do it wrong. And in fact, a while ago, I interviewed an athlete, a CrossFit athlete, who her coach one day came to her and started getting her to rehearse everything that could go wrong during competition, everything from a shoelace coming undone to tripping over something to uh, getting a penalty, all of this stuff. And she actually got kind of angry at first because her coach was jinxing her or so she felt. But in the end, she really found that by practicing and preparing for everything, all these stumbles that could go wrong, she wouldn't get thrown off her game. And that gave her ultimately a lot more confidence going into the competition. Yeah. And, you know, whenever we bring up this particular point, it sometimes seems like there might be sort of a conflict between this idea that we're talking about right now about preparing to fail and fail well. (laughs) And another idea that we were talking about very recently about how our expectations Mm. can influence or predict what we will experience. So you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, by practicing falling or practicing my recovery, aren't I just expecting to do that? Is that going to make me more likely to stumble or fall? And I don't think that this is the case. No. Rather, I think that When we acknowledge that falls and stumbles are inevitable and that they're not the end of the world, this, like you were just saying, it actually makes us more confident. So it's not that we're planning on stumbling or expecting to stumble. In fact, we're planning on not stumbling, right? That's the plan. Mm -hmm. But we know that it's a possibility. And so if it happens, we're not going to be stunned, you know? Or, or freaked out, frozen in place. Oh my gosh, now what do I do? This is a disaster. 
we'll be able to recover more easily. We know we have a plan. We know we have practiced for this moment. We've got skills that are going to allow us to recover. Yeah, the expectation is I can recover from anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think being prepared both mentally and physically for the possibility that things don't always go according to plan for me, that actually reduces my anxiety because, mm-hmm. I mean, what's more anxiety provoking than feeling like everything has to go perfectly, you know? <laughs> um, and paradoxically, I think it also allows us to be more in the present moment. And I think that's always going to improve our performance and our recovery. Here's some ways that you can actually think about how to react to those stumbles, depending on the size and the situation. I like to think of it as like a little small little stumble. Well, you just sort of shake that off and then you get back on target. And sort of a bigger stumble might lead you to actually take a little pause for a minute to acknowledge the fact that you did stumble and then get back on track. But then a repeated stumble, well, this becomes something that you can really learn from. So make sure you take time to figure out what went wrong so you can do better next time. But still, in the end, you need to get back on track and back on target. So I notice in all three cases, the final step is get back on track. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We'll talk about this a lot for the rest of this episode because an important aspect not to miss is to not let that stumble derail you and or allow you to trigger a full-on lapse as we might refer to it or the way we refer to it in the Way Less program. And that's where you partially or you fully abandon your efforts for an extended amount of time or even worse, maybe you abandon it forever. But one of the best ways to ensure that this doesn't happen or doesn't happen in the future is to take time to learn from the circumstance. And you know, Brock, as we're talking about this, it occurs to me that we've been talking about, well, at least two different types of stumbling blocks. And maybe it'd be helpful Hmm. to just, you know, name them. There are those things that we stumble over because we're trying something new and we don't yet know, you know, where the tricky parts are. And Hmm. fair enough. How would we? Of course, we're going to stumble when we're trying something new. But then there are also those stumbles that we seem to make over and over and over again. And, you know, you'd think we'd learn how to avoid them. But one of the reasons that we don't learn from those stumbles that happen repeatedly is that we're focusing on the wrong part of the story. Hmm. A therapist friend of mine likes to say, don't look where you fell look at where you tripped. Mm, Nice. I know. I think this is a great little maxim. So in this case, where you fell would be where you departed from your plan. Maybe you indulged in a behavior that you had resolved to avoid or you failed to follow through on what you had planned to do. I think we're all usually pretty good at identifying where we fell, right? Right. We're not as good at seeing where we tripped, the actual stumbling block. So this would be the circumstance or the thought that initiated your departure from your plan. So those two things, the trip and then the subsequent fall, they might be separated by just a few seconds. They may be separated by as much as a few days. But if we can just back up the film and identify 
what it was that actually caused us to stumble and then fall, then we can think about how we can better prepare ourselves to either avoid a similar situation in the future, or if we can't avoid it, we can prepare ourselves to respond differently when it does happen again. Right. So the the fall was, let's say, hitting the, the buy button on Amazon for the thing that you <laughs> didn't plan on spending a whole bunch of money on, but that's not where we should focus. We should actually be focusing on the circumstances, the emotions, the thoughts that led up to even going to Amazon in the first place. Exactly. Not just hitting that buy button. Yeah, but this is a skill most of us really need to learn and practice because we tend to spend most of our time focusing on the fall, the missed workout, the overindulgence at a party, the project that didn't get finished in time. And I think often we can be pretty harsh with ourselves about the ways in which we failed. And, you know, you've said this before, sometimes we think that just being really negative with ourselves will teach us our lesson and cause us to avoid doing it again. It rarely works that way, right? Yeah. But what if you were to assume that there was a reason that you stumbled? And it's not just that you're bad or weak or hopeless. (laughs) What if you were to assume that there was an actual reason, something that you actually tripped over, and then you just went about trying to identify it? What did you trip over before you fell? Was it a lack of planning? Were you overscheduled? Were you, you know, unrealistic about what you anticipated you'd be able to do in a given amount of time? Did you perhaps not have the tools or the support that you needed in order to get that job done? Or maybe were you not fully committed in the first place? Mm-hmm. Maybe this wasn't actually your goal. Maybe it was somebody else's goal. Mm-hmm. But the the point is How can you remove that stumbling block once you've identified it, and then you can try again? I love the point that you made about acknowledging that you may not have the tools or the support that you need to get it done, because, you know, there's no shame in asking for help to try and figure this out if you're feeling kind of stuck. And this is one of my favorite parts of of group coaching is asking for help to troubleshoot these sorts of situations, finding somebody to support you, to help you work through these questions and figure out where the trip actually happened. Yeah, so true. And, you know, not only can we often help people in that situation if we are part of a group coaching environment, and of course, this is an environment that we spend a lot of time in because that's how we've structured the Wayless program. But what I've seen is that not only do people you know, are they able to help others see something that they might be missing, but that in that process, they gain so much insight into their own situations and their own behaviors that might not have been available to them without that opportunity to reflect on someone outside themselves. So it's, it's just, it's just a great engine for growth. It is, it is. But in the end, I think the fact that we need to be prepared for the fact that stumbles will happen is really important. Mm -hmm. And remember that this does not mean that you are a failure or that you will lose the progress that you've made. Stumbles are just stumbles. And people who succeed in behavior change occasionally stumble too. They just don't let it derail them. In other words, make mistakes, just don't make them permanent. Ooh, that's another pillow we need to embroider. Or (laughs) t-shirt. (laughs) Another item for the merch store. (laughs) The merch store is going to be robust. (laughs) You know, in our year-long Way Less program that we've talked about a few times today, we tell our members this. When you realize that a stumble has occurred, stay calm and be kind to yourself. 
Remember that a short period of overeating or skipped activity will not erase all of your progress. Remind yourself of all the positive steps that you have made leading up to this point, and reflect on your purpose for beginning this journey. And remember that quitting never moves you any closer to your goal. Okay, that was a lot of truth packed into 30 <sighs> seconds. I think everybody just needs to hit the back button, listen to that last 30 seconds again, because there was a lot in there and it's all true and all things that we need to be reminded and we need to hear over and over again. So here's just a few takeaways from our conversation. Okay. Number one, unless you get very, very lucky, the path to success will always involve a few stumbles. Don't let it throw you. Number two, remember that learning what doesn't work and why it didn't work is just as valuable as learning what does work. And in that way, stumbling blocks are actually stepping stones to your success. And third, the most important fact about a stumble is not where you fell, but where you tripped. I love in the first takeaway how you mentioned that it's unless you get very lucky, because I think we sometimes forget and think that it's more skill or intelligence or something, but most of the time it's luck. <laughs> yeah, right. If you get it right the first time, you got lucky. Yeah. And you know what? The people who get it right the first time, they learn a lot less. Very true. Mm -hmm. All right. So how can you make this work in your life, aka the lab experiment? Well, next time you stumble, don't spend too much time focused on the fall itself, no matter how spectacular that <laughs> fall may have been. It's not worth the time to look at it. Instead, back up the movie, hit rewind, and see if you can spot the thing you actually tripped over before you fell. And then think about how you can remove, leap over, or go around, detour around that stumbling block the next time it may occur. All right, that's it for us this time. We'll see you next time. And here's to the changes we choose. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinagle.